Oh man, I really want to experience the magic of Dungeons and Dragons, but I'm a cave hermit who made an oath never to speak to other people again. And I want to watch a classic fantasy series like Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones, but I can't stand the sight of human faces. Well, I want to relive the magic of make-believe, the humor of a preschool-aged child, and the genuine camaraderie of nearly 10 years of friendship through only my ears, but I don't know how! <laughs> you ignorant fools! You don't even know about... Dames and Dragons! <gasps> what? But... Dames and Dragons? What's that? Dames and Dragons is a Dungeons and Dragons actual play podcast. A, a, a podcast? So I can experience the spontaneous group storytelling of D&D without breaking my oath of solitude? That's right. And I can take part in a rich fantasy storyline without ever having to lay eyes on a disgusting human face? Never again will the faces plague you. And it has a cast of four female friends who make constant immature jokes as they play? Absolutely. I would never lead you astray, my friend. Whether you love D&D or just love a good fantasy tale, Dames and Dragons is the podcast for you. Tells the story of three unlikely heroes who are chosen to become guardians of the goddess of their world, a floating island by the name of Estra. By God, that sounds like something I could get into. Sounds like something I'd love. Sounds like something I'd make. Well, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> Dames and Dragons, updated every second Monday, wherever podcasts are sold. Very good. Hello, I'm Mike Shea. Uh, I run the website Sly Flourish, and this is the DM's Deep Dive. And right off the bat, I clicked off my notes accidentally, uh, but I found it. <laughs> I'm here with Will Jones. Will Jones is the creator of the Encounter Roleplay channel on Twitch. Uh, Will, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Uh, hi, everybody. My name's Will. Um, yeah, I run Encounter Roleplay. We stream. D&D, other tabletop role-playing games, uh, six days a week, and uh, for about a year, I've been, been doing this all the time for for the jobs, all of the jobs. Yeah, it's been fun. So, uh, yeah, just uh, lucky to hang out here. been looking forward to this one. We chatted on Sunday on, uh, yeah. on my channel, so I've been, uh, I had round one. I didn't get enough. Now it's time for round two. You can have as much Mike Shea as you want, my friend. Like Wow. Yeah, you know, whenever I, I, I am... As my mom told me, uh, you know, I sure don't mind hearing myself talk on the internet. <laughs> she might be watching. Hi, mom. I actually, you know, this is one of those crazy, like, so I actually met my wife on the internet, right? So I'm all very mm. high tech. And, and not only did I meet you through the internet, I met you through a large scale data analysis of Twitter. Right. Like that. That's when I became aware. And it was because I was looking at like all of the neighborhoods of people talking about D&D. &D, and there was this huge neighborhood off to the side. I'm like, who is that? There's there's the Dungeons Donald one, of course. But then there's this huge encounter role play one. I'm like, what is going on over there? And then, you know, I clued into your show and then and then, you know, you had me on as one of the guests on your uh, yeah. uh, as one of the guests in your games. And um, yeah, and that's where I found out that you basically played D&D &D full time. 
I think uh, right. you know in that game you were running like a marathon game, right? How long how long did that go? Yeah, I think uh, I think that was probably a twenty four hour stream. I did. Um, I've done sixteen of those. Um, twenty four hour streams <laughs> of D and D. All D and D. So that's you know that's incredible. Oh, like you know the rest of us amateurs here play for like three or four hours and we're exhausted. So oh. you know just the idea that anybody can play D and D for that long and and can continue to play D and D. For 40 hours is you know 40 hours a week is exactly why I wanted to talk to you because um, you know you said you've been doing that a year and yeah you know, not to be ageist you, you you said you're about 20 years old right 21? yeah yeah uh, about to turn 21 in just under a month's time yeah that's awesome and and you've been playing D and D for 10 of those years yeah yeah I think I started when I was 10 maybe 11 so uh, yeah coming up for a good 10 or 11 years. Yeah, that's, you know, so there's like a lot of us, you know, a lot, I'm, I mean, I'm sure I'd throw myself at the Grognards, but I'll go ahead and throw myself in the Grognard crew. We're like, well, I've been playing since 1978. You know, I know everything there is to know about D&D, but I'm pretty sure you've played more hours of D&D, you know, in that time than a lot of people. <laughs> it, might of people it, it might be. It might be. Yeah, I think. Um, how many, how many hours would you say of D&D you've actually, you've actually played? I don't know. If I look at my channel, I've got come on, which tells me how long I've been streaming for which is 2500 hours 2500 um, and then my roll 20 account is something around the 3000 4000 hour mark at the moment so yeah. that's like just in that's just online games and 6000 more and you'll be an expert right yeah exactly yeah right. <laughs> so what 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 are the sequence of events there's a lot of people like so so one of the interesting things is there's, there's lots of people trying to make it in the D, &D industry right. you know and whatever whatever path they happen to be taking and and for somebody that's actually able to do this full time there's a lot of people you know that just can't even comprehend that i love to you know i've been talking about you at like people at work and everything like that because i'm so <laughs> impressed and they're like what the you know very first question is what the hell is twitch Right. Yeah. Like, right. <laughs> what? I don't even know what that is. But but then it'd be like, how does that how does that even work? So what what was the sequence of events that took you to running D and D full time on Twitch? So I started the channel, and I just wanted it to be a fun place for me. Is that and a my Las friends. Vegas T-shirt? It is. Yeah, I'm I'm wearing it in honor of my girlfriend's dad, who's participating in like this fifty grand poker tournament tonight. So I'm I'm wearing it. Shout out to you, Greg. Good luck, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, I started a channel uh, two years ago, almost two years ago to the day. Um, and uh, just, just as a place for us to hang out, we had a fun group of players I wanted to kind of show off. And, you know, being the uh, the egomaniac that I am, you know, I, I require love and attention from anonymous people on the internet. So I thought, what better place than Twitch? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, just fired up control from there, really. Uh, I ended up quitting school and doing this for a job because I enjoy it so much. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it, but basically, you know, whether it's uh, YouTube or Twitch or Facebook or the DMs Guild where people try and make, you know, D&D &D their job, D&D &D their thing. I mm -hmm. mean, for, for me, it was just, uh, just a grind, you know. Like, I, you know, the theory is, <laughs> if my theory was, if I do this thing more than anyone else could possibly bother doing this thing, then, <laughs> then, then, then hopefully there'll be some success, right? Right. It's a slippery slope. You know, I found, I didn't intend, I didn't ever think I'd be doing this six days a week, six hours a day, plus podcasts, plus website management, everything else. But it's very kind of like, you know, oh, I'll do one day. Maybe I'll do two shows. Maybe I'll do three <laughs> shows. <laughs> Maybe I'll do another day. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it's just such a fun place to be in now as well. You know, it's, it's kind of like, you get so used to hanging out with people like they're, they're hanging out with the community as well mm. you know and there is an added element of i do quite like to eat and pay rent so 
you know, I turn up every day. Uh, so <laughs> how does, so, yeah. I don't even know. How does, how does, how do you, how do you monetize the channel? How does that even happen? How does that work? Yeah. Uh, primary monetization, uh, form, uh, first and foremost came from donations when I started it. And I, I implemented a system where people could affect the game via donations, right? So you, you give a buck and someone gets an inspiration or a heal or something like that. I do that. I do that at my home game. Right. So that yeah. Works really well. Like 10, 15 bucks yeah. for a Vorpal Sword. I'm pretty cheap. I'd do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's like a, it's like a D&D strip club. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> They just come and pop a you know twenty bucks in your uh, in your show or whatever. All right, bigger <laughs> yeah, ladies, yeah. Right. Oh man, one to fireballs, it's only five. The better the better tips they give, the better game they get. I like it. Yeah, no, <laughs> this could work. Um, but no, my donations were the, the first that kind of um, ended up kind of kickstarting the project. I suppose you know, I was like, you know, uh, fifty bucks for a green screener sitting behind me. You know, it started off with stuff like that. You know, better audio equipment and whatnot. And then I found out I was making way too much money for what I was doing um, for that. And I was like, well, this is enough to, you know, start paying my rent. I was getting sponsors who wanted to get involved in the channel. A Patreon thing started up. and uh, But basically it all comes from, you know, a very giving community um, mm-hmm. in, the, in the kind of role play kind of uh, network or family, I think, really. I think part of it goes to the fact, you know, the, the demographic of people who play tabletop role playing games. Are the kind of folks who might have, you know, a bit of uh, spare income, you know, mm-hmm. to uh, to spend on things that they like. You know, I spend a lot of money on books, which aren't like necessary. You know, look at it a bit like um, if you pay a Netflix fee. Um, mm-hmm. Some people, you know, it's not necessary, but some people like doing that sort of stuff. Yeah, but it's a lot, it, feels, it feels a lot more, you know, a lot better than just handing money over to Netflix. It's like I actually oh, see yeah. where it's going, right? Like, yeah, yeah, you can see, you know, this actually affects the quality of the artwork on my channel, or you know, actually. For some people, like you have like personal relationships with, it's like, yeah, have a beer on me or pay rent this month, Will. You know, uh, keep doing this. You know, like, Thanks, man. So, yeah, I noticed that the channel has expanded a bit too, right? Like you're not you're not the only host of the shows now. You're starting to have other people that host stuff. I was just I looked right before here and saw a fella playing Skyrim, for example. Right, right, yeah. So, um, so that's like, that's me actually hosting uh, a friend of mine. In terms of the actual channel, is I'm on 100 percent of the shows. Um, I'm a madman. Uh, and uh, we only play D&D or other tabletop games. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I try and network with other friends in the community because uh, one thing I found with Twitch is it's just this place where you have to incestually know people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's very incestuous. You know, uh, this guy that I'm hosting right now is friends of three of the other guys that I stream with and play D&D sure. with, you know. And for, for someone like, if, you know, if you're a creator, you're thinking, right, this guy's got, you know, you know a viewership. Um, can I get him to come play D and D with me? You know, how do I do that? You know, well, network with other friends. You know, make your friends tell me that I'm cool. You know, that kind of thing. So yeah, currently the channel, and I and I think it is. You know, people people have asked me, you know, do you ever want to play Neverwinter Nights or Baldur's Gate or something on a channel? I'm like, yeah, I do, but I, you know, I just want a channel to be just D and D. You know, um, it, it seems it seems to be going well so far. Um, sure. Yeah. So yeah. currently, the only hosts doing stuff. Um, but yeah, looking into you know more networking stuff, especially on podcasts, we're we're looking to open up that uh, mm. that area of stuff. Uh, That's interesting, people. yeah, yeah, because yeah. I think the the don't the don't split the podcast network, which is the host of uh, the DM Steve Dive, um, they uh, started as a podcast 
group, right? And, and, and you know, some of the, the, the only other stuff other than writing that we did was started with podcasts. And then we're like, you know, right. let's, let's dip our toe into this, the, the Twitch side of things. So it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And it all sort of cycles around and, you know, yeah. hitting, a, hitting a lot of different people if you can do it a lot of different ways. There's folks like me who spend a lot of time in a car, you know, stuck in traffic yeah. and twi- I get arrested if I'm watching Twitch. So, yeah. you know, it's easier to listen to a podcast of it. But it's also, you, you also mentioned the community and I, you know, I imagine that that's a big part of it that you don't, you know, there's the D&D, you know, I, I will we'll talk a lot about the D&D community, which is kind of this huge, sure. you know, this, this huge group and we don't really know everybody that's there. But then you, like you actually have your own community, right? You have a group of people that know all of the inside jokes and, and you know, watch regularly. And that's really a strong, seems like that's a really strong bond for the channel. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's, um, it's it, it forms when um, people end up watching the show for so long. It's like watching a, you know, I'm not to, you know, uh, toot my own trumpet, but if it's like, if I watch my favorite show and I feel very invested in the, like, the cast members, the actors or the, uh, the the characters that they're playing, and then it's all, it's almost like getting the chance to talk to the cast, right? So like, you know, if yeah, I'm right. watching House of Cards and I can actually talk to the cast of them and, you know, interact whilst they're doing the show. Um, mm-hmm. so it's a bit like being on set. Um, so I think that community, you know, and if you spend hundreds of hours doing something, you're, you know, you're basically Stockholmed into liking it. And that's my, you know, that's my plan. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's force people to, uh, to, to watch and then they join it. But yeah, no, it, they're very, um, yeah, fantastic people, more and more people getting involved. Uh, yeah. we've got, you know, a, a permanent cast, a fantastic, um, you know, multiple dungeon masters, dungeon mistresses that join us. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's been, Dun- um, dungeon masters, not gender neutral. I don't know, is it? Yeah, I always get that thing, you know. So, so you say you primarily play D and D, but you've also been playing some other some other games. What are some of the other games you've been playing online recently? Yeah, we've been playing lots of Numenera recently, um, yeah. which has been fantastic. I know we talked about that the other day on on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I love me some Numenera. Um, but Call of Cthulhu is the main other one, other one Open Legend um, that we've been playing. In fact, I was playing it earlier today. And uh, yeah, have an absolute blast. You know, it keeps me sane not to play D and D sometimes. You know, yeah. <laughs> sometimes I'm like, maybe I play too much D and D, and then I go play a different game just to keep like myself little, uh, sort of like a little bit of cross training or or yeah, just, yeah. You know, break out of if, the it feels break like out of the stereotypes a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like <laughs> it's like it's like my cheat day. You know, <laughs> don't look D and D. I still love you. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So how do you, you know, one of the questions, and I think I remember, so I, I'm, I'm, you know, I never know if my memory is being selective or if I'm making stuff up, but I, I seem to recall that, we, you know, a long time ago, we were talking about um, the, like the, the adventure books that, that Wizards comes out with yes, and yeah. frequency that they come out with. And, and you made a statement along the lines of, you know, I'm sure like if they came out with more of those books, because I burned through them in about a week. Yeah, yeah, that done pretty quick. So many of us are like, you know, I've got like three half-finished adventures sitting up there that I've never gotten back to. How do you how do you find enough material uh, to to run as much D and D as you're running? What's the what's kind of the secret to finding all that finding enough yeah. stuff? I think the I think the only you know, and I, I and this is a question that I've asked other creative people I've had on the channel. You know, I, I remember asking Ed Greenwood, how do you keep writing? You know, how do you stay creative? How do you you know what? What is the impetus behind doing that? And he and he, and he gave me the answer, something along the lines of, um, 
surround yourself with creative people uh, and that's what he does and then they will continue to encourage you and, and make you go to, to new links and stuff like that so I found that being just around diverse casts uh, different dungeon masters or dungeon mistresses uh, playing different games um, it is the only way to kind of keep myself going because um, Twitch is so momentum based that when you stop it's so difficult to start again yeah. um, so also, the thing about you know eating eating paying rent every night is is good nice, but um, <laughs> also you know exploring different uh, genres. Um, so I recently started a podcast called Adventurers Anonymous, and that's really grim, dark, um, you know, low fantasy setting. And I play a lot of high fantasy, which is you know uh, leads it lends itself quite well to you know aspects of comedy or you know not so you know this is serious you know we're playing a game. Uh, but I found that been like such a you know a relief for my my mind to just to go to a different place and explore different genres so yeah basically just trying different things and and continue continuing to try and find situations that i find uncomfortable um and then go do the thing which i'm uncomfortable with and then try and learn from it so you know i wasn't particularly comfortable with doing super serious grimdark role play i was like i'm gonna go do that and see how it works and i really found that i like it and uh you know also at the end of the day you can always just you know grab a module from the dm's guild or play through something again um yeah but yeah i try and do new things every time also i don't dm every time which is nice i get other mm -hmm. dms to do do the work for me so that feels like cheating as well it's like you mm -hmm. do you do today you know i'll play and, <laughs> right, I'll, just, I'll just lay my head on the desk for a little while <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> play oh man playing has been so nice i used to dm all of the time every show i'd be like i have to dm this because i am in counter role play um but i was like you know what? i'm done with this i'm gonna dm you know three or four times a week and the rest you guys can do all right and uh <laughs> And that's been fantastic for me. You know? Only three or four times a week. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> is there is there a particular source? So you, you mentioned DMs Guild. You mentioned some of the other published adventures. You you, you know you, you mentioned kind of the, the 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 critical mass of surrounding yourself with with really yeah. creative folks. Is there is there kind of a particular or specific source that you have found that that has been a really great sort of lane for you to draw material and that you can that you can use to run games? You know, I wish there was um, a, a particular author on DMs Guild or 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 any anything like that where you're like, wow, yeah, that really um, kind of hit the mark. You know, I found not necessarily like a like an online tool where I like download stuff like the DMs Guild, which I use, you know, from time to time or download stuff from the DMs Guild. Um, I found just reading of different fiction has been the thing which kind of gets me going. Um, I, I do like using modules, but I find it. Uh, difficult sometimes to keep to the module you know I always go off and do my own thing and that's when I find a need to like be inspired by something which I've read or watched or something like that so um, yeah I found you know when it's so much stuff that you have to do you know so much content which you need to end up creating it's um, I ended up reading a lot of Lovecraft and that's how I got into Call of Cthulhu but <laughs> having gone from reading lots of you know R.A. Salvatore uh, Ed Greenwood novels you know a lot of high fantasy novels I found like oh great I can do horror in D&D now because I've read all of these different bits about you know uh terrible terrible creatures of tentacles in in Lovecraft's fiction yeah so, monsters so terrible even the author can't describe them exactly yeah, yeah. um so that was, yeah, that no, was actually thought... a review it was a critique of Lovecraft when, when he was writing when the reviews was like you're kidding he's getting chased by something that even the author can't describe <laughs> 
No, uh, other than that, though, you know, DM's Guild is good. Uh, Drive for RPG, I download a ton of stuff every couple of weeks. I'll just go through and binge buy stuff on DM's Guild. Uh, and uh, basically, the Wizards, you know, the, the Watsy stuff I end up playing through quite a bit, you know. Yeah. Um, and of there's those, some bits. Which, your, which was your favorite to run? Curse of Strahd, yeah. Curse yeah. of Strahd was my favorite to run. Yeah. <laughs> Ravenloft, man. It's yeah. just too good. Somebody on Twitter today asked, or maybe it was yesterday, said, you know, what, what campaign adventure do you like the best? I was like, Curse of Strahd. Yeah, <laughs> it didn't, yeah. take, didn't take me any energy at all. Like, even, even beyond, you know, the story, it's just, it's a well, yeah. found it to be really well put together. What's your second favorite? I'll, I'll go a little, you know, since that one's such a clear. Ooh, yeah, I think it's, you know, maybe out of the abyss, you know, maybe yeah. out of the abyss, because it's such a weird, different world, you know, and I, uh-huh. I quite enjoyed exploring that different uh you know, it's Forgotten Realms, but it's also not. You know, okay. uh, and I'm I'm almost sick to death of hearing about the Forgotten Realms now. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, not that it's bad. You know, I don't I don't dislike or anything. And I think the realms themselves are fantastic. But you know, I've I found the um, like the modules that come out and the, the material, which is all based in Forgotten Realms. You end up reading the same things a million fucking times. And um, and yeah, I found out that whilst it is Forgotten Realms, you know, it's just like, yeah, but what if Forgotten Realms was really dark and also terrible and underground? And I'm like, okay, I can deal with that Forgotten Realms, you know, like. Yeah. Right. Interesting. So, yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've, I was, I, you know, I guess I've always sort of been playing in the realms, and uh, maybe after I'm done with Cur- with uh, Storm King's Thunder, I'll kind of be like, okay, I'm, I'm sort of realms, realms out, but we'll see. You know, I don't know. It's like, it, you know, for me, it feels like. You know, feels like I can actually run it because, like, oh yeah, Daggerford, I know what that's like. You know, yeah, there is an aspect of it, right? Yeah, yeah. you know what all of these places are, especially when the players know what they all are as well. So yeah, you've got right, that kind of right. collective knowledge, it's like having watched a movie and then you go play in the movie saying, yeah, yeah, and you can kind of hit the nostalgia. You know, having run both, yeah, uh, uh, um, Horde of the Dragon Queen and Rise of Tiamat, and then having some of those players go back to that same area, but five years later, you know, they can go like, oh yeah, I remember, you know, I remember that uh-huh. bar. You know? Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, with as much DMing as you have to do, it would seem like yeah. Im- improvisation is really a key, you know, a key to keeping yeah. things interesting. Uh, what are some of the tricks that you do to uh, 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 to, to to make Im- improvisation a little bit easier? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a big thing. You know, I don't, I don't really have the luxury uh, outside of running the channel and doing all of the you know boring social media things that you need to do when you're running a media empire. <laughs> um, which is far more boring than it sounds, you know, sending emails <laughs> and stuff. Um, yeah, I don't get that much time to prep, so so improving is a, is a big thing. Yeah, I think, you know, I don't necessarily think there's any, like, one thing which I've done, you know, like, in, if in doubt, I'll do this, you know, I'll go to this. Uh, it tends to uh, be drawing from experiences I've had in the past, um, you know, something that's happened, something I've watched, something I've seen, someone, someone else's DMs, and you can just straight up steal that. Um, but it's it's also the it's almost like a, it feels like a muscle you know the more you do it the easier it becomes to just go with it you know and I think most DMs um, probably feel that same way as well you know when they first started DMing improving feels very awkward and clunky and then you know a year later they feel much more comfortable doing that mm-hmm. and um, you know when you're put under a bit more kind of pressure to improvise you know with our chat interactions and stuff like that. You know, at first it's a bit like, oh god, what's going on? And then, you know, after a while, you just tend to you, you go with it a bit more. And that's what I've noticed with other dungeon masters on uh, the channel as well. Like at first, they find a the whole, you know, improving thing a little bit janky, a little bit clunky, um, and then they they get more and more used to it. Mm-hmm. And um, 
yeah, I found that to be, you know, just practice basically makes perfect. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, if in doubt, Tarask. <laughs> Drop it into Tarask. I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I usually keep an Orcus miniature around just to keep everyone in just, line. Just in case, yeah. Like you make fun of you know if I say um too many times, I'm dropping Orcus on the table. You don't want that to happen. So, <laughs> That's interesting. It, yeah. Um, what tricks do you have for kind of keeping the game so so particularly keeping the game fresh for you? You said that you, you know cycling cycling out of the DM chair has helped you, right? That that you know sort of rotating it's around tough. there has yeah. been a good a, a, a good method. Are there other you know, considering that this is your job, right? Consider that this right. is something that you do you really full time. How do you how do you keep yourself energized to keep doing it? And and uh, uh, yeah, how do you keep things fresh for for both you and and the players that are playing? Yeah, yeah, uh, it's a good question. Yeah, I'm still working on the exact answer and how to you know keep myself going every day. But it's, it's, you, um... you saw it days ago, so it shouldn't be that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you know it's just uh, I. It's so easy to get sucked into the whole thing. It's so easy to just do Twitch, just do internet, you know, and, and be unable to step away. You know, I'm followed by the internet everywhere I go, you know, my phone, my laptop, when I go into the other rooms, you know, it's just almost impossible to disconnect. And um, and so I found, you know, just setting hours for me to disconnect from streaming, to disconnect from whatever, and just go to do real life things, my girlfriend. Uh, you know, whether that's hitting a guitar for a couple of minutes or just listening to music or, you know, just doing something else, that's how I keep it going. And then, you know, and now is work time, you know, and then I work. Um, but in terms of the game, yeah, playing different games is really, really important to me. Playing with different people is really important as well. If I played six days a week with the same group of people in the same game, we'd all have enough of each other and uh, and <laughs> just be straight done, you know. So, you know, I think we have a working cast of about 25 to 30 cast members on the show. So getting to meet new people is a big thing for me, you know. And um, and I also played a, I have a viewer game where people can just jump in and play that are in the chat, you know, if you're around them. Then come let's come play a game, you know, and let's let's talk and let's play games together, and that's really nice because you actually get to see the people that watch the show. Uh, you get to see them play, and um, it gives it a bit more meaning, I think, really, because you know if you're staring at a screen, <laughs> you know, just playing D and D every day, it can be a bit soulless, you know, and just typing the people or you know talking to someone that can't actually talk back to you other than in a text-based form. I find that quite cathartic to be like, you know, you're the reason why I'm streaming every day, you know, because mm -hmm. you get something out of this, you know. So, um, so let me. So when you when you have that sort of chat, you know, the chat channel people play, mm -hmm. they drop in as a video. You you drop them in in a in a audio video setting, or you yeah yeah. So they join the in. Chat. Yeah, they join in like the Skype call. Just, um, just just like any of the other guests. Yeah, yeah, and they just come gotcha. play, you know. Very cool. Um, I, I did. I have once run a show, and I've yet to perfect it. Where I DM for chat, uh, Twitch chat, right? Um, which is about as difficult and as chaotic as you'd imagine it would be. Um, for the whole, for the whole chat channel, like for the whole people. channel, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had um, the the first time I did it, there were 125 people that I was dungeon mastering for. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you had 125 players, and I was like, "Holy crap!" You know, that is awesome. I would, I've fun. never, I mean, you are at least an order of magnitude more than the next highest number of players I've ever heard of. There you go. Like 125 <laughs> people. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, well, I was thinking of trying to break the, the I don't know what the world record is. How did you for, make for everyone of feel special? How did you tie I, I don't. I don't know that I did. You know, I, I felt like I was, I was cheating on a lot of them. <laughs> you, you, Emotional. You know, 7, 8, 16, 42, and 92. You're dead. 
yeah. I did like one of those chat shows. Yeah, you like you pull out a number. <laughs> you were a lucky winner. Yeah, right. But um, no, it was quite good fun. It was um, yeah, absolutely chaotic. And after a couple of times doing it, I convinced myself like it was a terrible idea. Yeah, in the long run. <laughs> That's um, awesome. But it was fun. Yeah. But I, you know, I wondered. I did wonder whilst I was doing that what the world record is for the most players. Yeah. In a in a game, I thought you know maybe I should go for some kind of world record and just you know just hold some kind of title you know for some for no reason whatsoever other than saying I've done that you know. Yeah. yeah. At one time, um, I think they had a they have a game at Gen Con Gen Con called the Tower of Gygax, mm. and it's first edition D and D, and it's drop in drop out. Like you you go and you sit in, and they give you a character sheet, and there's always and you're like waiting in line, but there's like I think there was like twelve players. Wow. And. And you basically just got like one action that you could take and you were almost guaranteed to die within three turns of whatever you were doing. And like this, you know, you, you can almost imagine this like mob of people that are all trying to get through this dungeon. Oh, yeah. But the people that are getting through room to room are constantly rotating in and out. And, <laughs> and they were also running for like 20 hours. So the DMs were really wired. Um, oh my god so that 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 is as close as i can think of and that you know that was the most like players i ever saw but that wasn't 125 people in one dm i yeah i also considered at one point going for the longest um st you know stream or longest game and reports were that you know from from reddit searches and uh and what people told me it was about 100 hours consecutive you're kidding um, not for not for a single dm yeah, yeah, for single DM, but I, 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 someone I, I thought you hit like ninety-two hours and you fall over dead. Yeah, I was pretty sure you do that as well. Yeah, um, that, that sounds like. But you, you know, know, there was like I don't know if it's like. Dangerous. Yeah, I don't know if it was like folktale legend. You know, there's this legend of these four guys that get, that went to a pub and they ended up playing there for hundred and three hours or something like that. You know, back in nineteen eighty-three, sort of thing. <laughs> and uh, sure, yeah. So I don't I like know. I figured I'd go before I address that. Yeah, yeah. I figured I'd go for at least 72 at some point, you know, and really try and yeah, try and bring it home for, uh, you know, I don't know, like a charity stream or something like that. Right. Um, but yeah. those, <laughs> I've not been crazy those... enough to do it yet. Yeah, well, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm no doctor, but I don't know that I'd recommend 100 hours of D&D. &D. You know, <laughs> we love you, Will. Know. Don't do that to yourself. Don't die. No, don't die, Will. <laughs> the world needs you. Um so for those that are considering streaming their games, you know, I think I told you this on my on on my uh, uh, the time I was on your show, yeah. where like I'll, I'll 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 ask players in my group like, you ever do you ever think about streaming? And they're like, fuck no, like <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing that. So what what? But for but I'm sure, and particularly because it's a lot more popular, people are seeing a lot of people doing this. So yeah. for those unlike unlike me who have the guts to run their game online. Uh, what are some of the tips you have for people just getting started doing something like that? God, um, don't do it. No, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, make sure you reach out to people. Um, you know, the community on Twitch is particularly friendly. Um, and you know, I was in fact, uh, I, I get a couple of emails, you know, every couple of weeks from, from people who are starting up channels. They want some advice. How do I, how do I do the thing with the cameras or, you know, how do I have success? Blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, and I'm always happy to help people. Uh, and I, I found that to be the same when I was that smaller channel going to all the other people, you know, how do I do this thing? Um, people have always helped me out. So, um, yeah, I, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a weird thing with Twitch where it's like a super ego crazy zone of, you know, alpha males who can't, you know, talk to each other because they're bros. We don't talk about stuff, you know. Uh, I which I hate. get that sweet ass green background because I got I got the washer dryer behind me and it's just not cut. Oh, 
five, you five shows in, I should probably, you know, put a poster back there or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, make sure you reach out to people. Um, uh, it's all about platform, you know. So so if you're on Twitch, Twitch is all about being interactive, you know, talking to people that are in the chat room, engaging them. Uh, that's the only way people stay around, especially when you're a small channel. Because um, that's what, you know, one of the huge benefits of being a small channel is that there are less people to interact with for the streamer which sounds like a bad thing, right? You know, because you want more numbers and whatnot. But, you know, the people that are involved, you can give all your attention to, you know. So right. if I'm streaming now, then I have to split my attention between 100 people. Um, whereas when I started, it was 10, and I can give them, you know, more interaction, more engagement, and then they become your sort of core core fans to begin with, you know, your core audience, because they can chat to you and they know you. And so it's, it's really important to, you know, actually on Twitch to, to do what Twitch is meant to do, which is to interact with streamers. Um, you know, if I go to any kind of video game live stream or, you know, anything which is, uh, you know, under like a hundred or a couple of hundred viewers, you know, I expect to be able to actually talk to the person. You know, I expect mm -hmm. to be, you know, hey, hey, Will, you know, how's it going? And for that person to give some form of response, maybe, you know, um, whereas if a YouTube video, right, you, you watch the YouTube video and you, you watch the content. Um, mm -hmm. And that's all you need. Maybe you leave a comment and that's how you can engage with that person if you really want to. Um, but Twitch is all about doing that. So make sure that even though you're playing D&D, &D, and it's tough to multitask and, you know, be in a chat room and DM and stream and do all these other things. But it's quite important to do that if, the, if you know, if you want to take it seriously. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you, know, for, you know, if someone is looking to do this for a job or something, you know, that's the only way that I've found to, mm -hmm. to do it is just to go hard in on that. Um, that's why I have Rudy Basso. Exactly. Basso's my guardian angel who watches the chat chat. We're actually going to interact with our audience because I'm terrible at multitasking. And, you know, right. I, I'd ask you a question and then I'd be like staring at the chat channel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No idea what is. What yeah, is, yeah. Um, well, you know, there, there, are, there are folks who do that, um, but it's, it's quite funny. <laughs> you know, I quite enjoy that. The, the other thing as well, you know, just keep the game simple. Um, yeah, it don't have to be these, you know, fantastic pieces of melodrama every single episode, as long as everyone's having a good time. Um, the, the, you know, the, the thing I found most important with, with streaming D&D &D is to make sure you have, at the very least, the appearance of that everyone is having fun. Um, <laughs> how, do you, how do you fake that? <laughs> well, you know, uh, I'm not sure, really. Um, there are some times, right, where I'm on, like, a 24-hour stream. Six, that person's asleep. <laughs> Get him out, yeah. Uh, you press like the death button. Um, no, but you know, at the very least, the cast need to be engaged with what you're doing, right? So, for instance, with with like your group, we say, "Do you want to stream our games online?" They're like, "Fuck no," but you streamed it anyway. They'd be a terrible cast because they don't give a shit that you're doing anything on Twitch, worried, right? right? Yeah, yeah, they could be fantastic, you know, players. I'm sure they are, you know, voice actors and whatnot. But you know, if they don't give a shit about what you're doing in your you know, creative project. You, you really need that core team of people that are supporting you every day. Everyone you know? has to want to be there, right? Exactly, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, not dragging anyone online that doesn't want to be there. Yeah, yeah. You do it you're going to get here and you're going to play D&D, &D, you know, and you're going to like it, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, it's make, make sure, because I see a lot of casts start up with, you can tell that the guy who's running the channel wants to be doing it. But there are several other people who, you know, don't have webcams on or got really bad microphones. You know, they're not really bothered about it, you know, which is fair enough. You don't have to give a shit, you know. Um, but if someone is going to take this seriously, then you have to be strict of your your cast. And that's something I've really struggled with in the past. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bad... 
a bad boss in that respect. I, you know, I've let people just kind of go slack and, you know, hang out. And it's like, if you really want to run a professional channel, then you have to have professional people doing it. And they don't actually have to be full-time D&D players, but people who are passionate about engaging with your community and, and, you know, and hanging out in the space that you have chosen to hang out with. You know, it's not, we're going to play D&D, oh, and we're online. It's, we're streaming D&D online, and we also get to hang out as people, right. you know? Right. Um, it's a whole, it's sort of an entirely separate enterprise from... Yeah, from, yeah. You know, it's not, you're not tagging it on. Exactly, yeah. Which, yeah. you know, is the way that some folks will do it. Um, and that's fine if you're just casually streaming your game in your, you know, your living room chair or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, if you're looking to do it as a job. And the other thing, you know, um, ABC, um, always be casting on Twitch. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> never stop streaming. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's just a war of attrition. Never, you know? never uh, let the party end. Exactly. Never yeah. let the fun stop. Um, yeah. You know, hook yourself up to an IV. Just, just go for it and uh, <laughs> get mm-hmm. some caffeine. But it's the thing with Twitch, you know, um, with, a, with a YouTube video. Um, when when it goes up, when it goes to it's people who subscribed in the subscription feed, but it's there forever on YouTube. So if I search D and D Encounter Roleplay, they will find all of my streams that I've ever done, and that's a great way for for people to find it on that platform. But with Twitch, you've got a certain amount of you've got a, a narrow window of time which you are alive on the internet, and the rest of the time you're dead because no one's gonna no one goes to channels that are offline on Twitch, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're streaming. Six hours a week, you are guaranteed about fifty percent more success than if you stream three hours a, a week. You know, um, it, it's it's very simple in that respect, and yeah, it, it's it's great in the respect that well, if I have the time to do this, and I can just work, 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 and then yes, a quicker success rate. But it also sucks in the sense that if you don't have that time, then it's not a good platform. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 very slow to gain traction when you stream. Uh, less as a D&D channel or any channel really you know um, a friend of mine he streams seven days a week ten hours a day holy uh, cow yeah and uh, one of those days is on my channel so he gets Doing, a great place what, what does he do uh, he streams video games um, and you know all sorts uh, at the moment he's playing uh, Path of Exile and oh, Diablo yeah. and games like sure. that yeah um, so yeah he you know he goes hardcore into it and wow. it shows in, in the numbers you know like he is having a faster success rate than like my channel for instance because i stream for six hours a day and if i did stream for 10 hours a day then you know and vice versa i feel like i you know i need some actual time uh not to play D, but you know if you do go hard on these things there's there's absolute uh credible rewards for doing them if you have a quality product in your stream and your youtube videos or whatever then uh you're, you're almost guaranteed success it's not necessarily a matter of if it's almost a matter of when, you know, how long will it take for me to to be at a place where I could do this? Um, obviously, there's a million things that go into it, um, but that's the basic premise of Twitch. You know, just mm-hmm. always be online because mm-hmm. if I go into the D and D category now, then I don't see Encounter Roleplay because I'm not live. You know, I mm-hmm. can't click on it and be like, oh, who's this weird guy? Um, mm-hmm. So you know, it's 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 simple in that respect. Um, but it also can suck if you know you find yourself without time, or you know you, you know if you don't really want to dedicate 10, 20, 30 hours a week for your life to the thing, then then right. YouTube is a fantastic way to go. You know, right, uh, right, that, right. that would be my advice. You know, pick yeah. the platform that suits best your schedule, and that might sure. even be podcasts. Podcasts are fantastic for that because mm-hmm. you can record a month in advance and then release an episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So, so getting that whole community aspect, uh, why don't we go mm. to our guardian angel, uh, Rudy? Ah. Are you are you out there? And do you Rudy! have questions from people? Rudy. Uh, yeah, Mike. It's uh, it's me, Alex Basso. Alex, I'm sorry. I can't get you and your brother mixed up. Sorry, it's no problem. I'm <laughs> a terrible person. It's been happening for 30 years, so. <laughs> sorry. Uh, but yeah, we've had some questions. Uh, I have some on Twitter and in chat. Thank you for everyone who asked. Uh, so let's start. Here's one from Johnny Utah 99, and he wants to ask Will: Have you ever considered creating your own setting for your games to play in? Yeah, yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, I've never considered like releasing something onto the DMs Guild or kickstarting it or something like that. Uh, in fact, we, you know, me and Sly spoke about that on uh, on Sunday. You know, campaign settings. Uh, I have done it. You know, I've written I've written several uh, you know settings that we play our games in. Most of my games that I do play end up being in a homebrew world of one sort or another. Uh, the podcast that I'm running at the moment is all in my you know homebrew world and stuff like that. Uh, you know, my website EncounterRoleplay.com has got um, uh, different information about my notes that I make. I try and every couple of months remember that I make notes and try and put them onto the internet for uh, for people. But nothing which is, uh, you know, in a published format. Um, but who knows, you know, uh, I'm very much interested in creating um, Twitch streams and YouTube videos and podcasts at the moment. And I find myself without really enough time to write as much as I'd like to. Um, so I think it's my main focus at the moment. But, you know, I feel like I've been doing this for a year and I can continue to keep trying different things and doing new stuff. We're actually bringing a module to Kickstarter in summer. So oh, cool. it, it, yeah, it's possible, um, but not not currently on the cards to mm -hmm. uh, to publish mm -hmm. anything. You know, have you found that there are aspects? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hijack that question a little bit. Um, have you found? By the way, I'd like to say that like the number of people that are in the chat like you know went up by fifty percent the minute we said we we're taking questions from people in chat. So you're <laughs> right. There's data to back up your statement. It's it's um, math. <laughs> Uh, have you have you found uh, so we've had we've had previous guests on the show who talked about like sort of how to build a campaign world that supports their kind of game are there are there aspects of your in in building out your own campaign world and building out the world that you run on are there aspects to it that have been really useful for the kind of games you run and are there aspects that you go you know I spend a whole lot of time on this and it really never comes up yeah, um, you know, I and this is as much about the campaigns that I run as the um, like the streams that I run. Uh, I think it's more so me. Uh, you know, I, I I wrote at the beginning of starting to stream about two years ago. I wrote this campaign saying, and I was like, "This is going to be the incredible blazing." Uh, and I wrote this whole you know huge sprawling map mess. You know, everything that was I needed for every faction, every location, every town. I was like, "I will use all of this," and I ended up using about five percent of it. <laughs> uh, and so I've I've reduced the the formula down to I write what I need for the first couple of sessions and to get a feel of the world for the players and then I'll write as I go um, for the campaign and for like the world. So like as I'm writing the campaign, I'm writing the world um, and expanding the world. You know, I've I've already got a lot of the structures that are in place there, but you know, I'll add in a little thing like, oh, what about this extra town that's over there that I thought about, or this extra continent that I've decided to create. So, yeah, I I think it's just you know, <laughs> trying not to do you know big bodies of work like you just kind of frost at players never seem to get used. But mm -hmm. if I know that they are about to travel off to a different continent, I'll be like, oh, I'll end up writing that continent now, shall I? You know, or you know, fleshing out that area a bit more. So. I try not to write too much because 
I don't I don't use it, <laughs> and then I'm sad when I've made a thing that never gets seen. You know, mm-hmm. I don't I don't think you're alone in that. You know, yeah, <laughs> but, I'm sure. Uh, we had fun. Enrique Bertrand, the newbie DM, was on, and he had one of my oh. favorite. You know, favorite all-time statements. I wrote like a whole article just about, about the statement he made, which is like, no one gives a shit about your giant, you know, yep. cyclopean Lord of the Rings campaign. You know, they sure, care about yeah. the town they're in and like what's going on in that town. You know, exactly, exactly. Just, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but yeah, you know, my, just, uh, I remember an article on my website. Mitch must have written about a year, well over a year ago, and he said something. You know, uh, to to be to be uh, inflammatory, uh, purposefully, uh, and he said, "No one wants to read your shitty unwritten fantasy novel." You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I yeah, have a, I have a shitty written fantasy novel, and no one wants to read. <laughs> It, so yeah <laughs> um but yeah and, and it's it's also kind of heartbreaking like I, I i actually haven't you know like an article sitting on my on my on my laptop here you know yeah. that um is a you know basically talks about that very topic and i can't i can't get myself to hit the submit button because i feel like i'm crushing people's dreams right you know, i feel <laughs> like you know who am i to tell them not to write their big sprawling campaign world but like but you're going to be heartbroken you know or yeah like, yeah you. chance you're going to be you could be the one right you could be the one <laughs> yeah. that writes the awesome one that everyone loves but there's probably 99 percent chance that you're yeah. going to write something that you're going to be pissed off that no one cares about so you're supposed to be the chosen one yeah yeah right you were supposed to be the chosen one. you're you know sorry have a cookie you'll feel better yeah yeah, yeah. uh Alex, what else you got? All right. Next question comes from Twitter from at AlphaStream. Do you see? Uh, we, don't, we don't take any. Uh, no, no, we don't take any questions from AlphaStream. Not that guy. It's going to be about you know what are those flumps? I don't want to talk about flumps. <laughs> Not this time. No, I can't. Teo Sabadia is AlphaStream. He's been on this show. Uh, so he asks, do you see RPG design changing in the future to facilitate online plays, pace, and structure? Uh, yes, and it's it's already beginning. It's already happening. Um, you know, successful RPGs are more and more the ones that I find to be quite uh, streamlined, rules light, and uh, easy to pick up and play. And that's exactly how online play tends to work. And the exact way which online play tends to work as well is, you know, without grids a lot of the time. You know, a lot of it is fear of the mind, especially when you're doing so many shows. It's just impossible to create the amount of maps which the game would require if you were playing with maps, right? So, yeah, I find the games that are very easy to, to create and to play, uh, just pick up and play, uh, immediately the ones that have seen quite a lot of success on online platforms, you know. Um, also, there'll be, uh, I foresee more and more games that uh, encourage an audience participant in a game, uh, or optional rules for that at the very least. Uh, and there was one that came out recently, which escapes me now, uh, which was a mutant game which involved an audience member to play as well, several audience members that could vote on things to happen in the game. And I think that would be more and more successful. You know, with that, if you could somehow power that to, you know, thousands of people every day, then game uh, game creators aren't idiots, you know. Um, they want to make sales um, the exact same way that video game creators want to make sales. It's the exact same space. It's, it's Twitch, it's YouTube, you know. Why do um, why do creators or you know game designers allow people to play their games on Twitch when it's legally theirs, or play their game on YouTube when it's like legally they own a copyright and allow them to monetize it? It's because these people bring thousands of eyes to their game, um, and if there's a way to give uh, top tier streamers, top tier YouTubers, 
a game which will involve their audience, which is what exactly what the the designers want, um, because that equals sales. So absolutely, I think that will happen. You know, if I can, you know, if if I was a game designer making a game, I'm thinking, well, there are at least millions of people on the internet that I could access, other than just having another RPG game, which is just like the others. What can I do differently? Well, how do I get how do I harness this audience? Why well, get them involved in the game as well? And that's going to be fantastic. You know, imagine like the audience of Critical Role all involved in the game. They're, they're going to immediately go and buy that, you know, um, or at least be interested, be aware of it. And and the more engagement with things, the more, uh, you know, it's in someone's mind, the more someone's likely to go and purchase something, you know. Um, and I think that's the way to, you know, if you're a game designer out there and you've got a, a clever idea for audience participation in your RPG, get in touch with me because that's exactly the kind of thing that creators want as well. Because, you know, as someone who, who creates, I'm like, yeah, I can play this D&D game and I can show it to people and I can talk to them, but I want more and more ways to engage. You know, I want more and more ways to interact with people because it's mm. not only good for the designer, it's fantastic for me as well. Mm. If someone is really invested in their in the game, then they're going to come back next week, you know, or they might, uh, you know, uh, pledge money towards it, support the channel, uh, then go buy the game, you know. Um, absolutely. And I would be, you know, uh, you know, we talked about this thing, Mike, about experts the other week, about how, how experts have no fucking clue. Hey! I would be, I would be <laughs> I surprised. Like, I, I kept I would... telling people, like, he asked me expert opinion, I started briefing <laughs> on Tetlock and political, you know, political pr presumptions. <laughs> it's um yeah i would be surprised if we didn't see more and more games come out with ways to interact with online audiences um the way that we've seen video games have ways to interact with more and more uh audiences um i think there's a, a similar parallel to be drawn with like where video games were five years ago when they started on twitch and, and youtube and that kind of community and where D, D has started you know a couple of years ago and where that will be in a few years time um yeah, I mean, so, yeah. even look at a game like dark souls right you know, they're, they're like, we don't want it to be a full MMO multiplayer kind of game, but we want people to be able to interact with other people. So even just having like little clues on the ground and little ghosts that kind of show you when exactly. they get killed, is a, a way to sort of, you know, you're not, a, even though you're alone in this dark, terrible world, you know, you're, yeah. you're there's, there's, there's little hints of people there. It's, that's um, it. Yeah. Yeah. There's two, there's two kind of, well, there's yeah, two, two things kind of came to mind where you're talking about this. And one was that Jerry, Jerry Holcomb who runs, you know, he's on Penny Arcade and he runs, a, a, I, I've, I've seen a couple episodes of it, a, a, a big game and they have a fair bit of audience participation that the audience is able to sort of right. throw in things and, and modify the game. It's still traditional D and D, but they sort of have like a little subset of rules, I think for, for how to, yeah, you know, that's, I don't you know, know how that worked out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, that's you know, and I do the same on my channel with D and D. But if it feels like with D and D, you can do lots of things. But yeah, right, if a game was, yeah, yeah, if a game was created purely to do that, it would be like interesting. You could do even more, you know. Well, yeah. when you get to that, like, I want to DM for 150 people at the same time. Exactly. You know, How what's do I a do good that? what's a good RPG for that? Exactly. Yeah, yeah that would be, that'd be very, that's interesting. Yeah, the other one, interesting. Is, um, and I I don't know if it's going to have anything particular to streaming, but. Um, Green Ronin is doing a campaign setting based on Matt Mercer's world that he runs in his game. Yeah. Uh, James Hake was on the D&D podcast recently talking about it. And that's I imagine right. that's going to be a pretty traditional game world that there isn't like a subset of mechanics for, for how to, or a superset of mechanics for, yeah. for how to run online. But uh, that, that kind of came to mind too. It's, it's an opportunity that, that, you know, I don't, maybe people haven't really hit into yet. Um, you mentioned theater of the mind. I'm, I'm, I'm hijacking another question. 
Uh, you were, I think, uh, so I interviewed a whole bunch of, uh, a whole bunch of different DMs and, and, and people who have really thought deep about D and D and, and you were one of them. And, um, yeah, I think you were the only one where just like you right off the bat said, yeah, I do theater of the mind. I couldn't do it any other way. Mm -hmm. Uh, have you, have you ever met resistance to that with, with players that are playing in your game? Do they kind of get it? Is there limitations that you find running theater of the mind like that? Yeah. Um, um, you know, not so much players, more like audience members who like need visuals or want or desire more visuals and stuff like that occasionally. You know, players that come on the show, are, 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 you know, some might struggle a bit more with it, um, but they tend to know that it's a bit of a necessity for me as a person because I, I just don't have the time in my life to be able to map or, you know, even buy maps and then import them and put all the tokens and stuff like that. It can be quite an arduous process. So usually people are quite understanding, you know, some DMs will will do it differently. If they're DMing on a the show, then they'll end up mapping uh, lots of stuff. And that's their prerogative, you know, they can sure. do that. So, you know, I kind of leave it up to them. If, they, if you if you want to map, then we can map. Uh, but when I DM, you know, this is kind of the way that I do it. And I like to, I'd like to think that I've done it enough to be at least average at doing it, you know, uh, to be able to convey the things that are going on that are important to the players that they understand. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of the way my mind works as well. It doesn't work very well with like maths and grids and, and shapes and stuff like that. It's much more kind of like I see a thing in my brain and it's happening um, mm -hmm. and I'll mm -hmm. try and tell them the thing which I'm seeing. So, um, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I remember it. I remember it very, uh, very specifically when uh, you and when, when I was running, when you were running right. the game that I was in for your one of your marathons and how seamlessly the game you know, went through from story into right. into battles and everything else. At the time, I didn't know that you didn't use a map, and I was like, "Oh, look, he's using Theater of the Mind. This is great." And it was yeah. very smooth and, and felt like old school D and D. You know, felt like that right. whole you, you go into a room and there's a you know I remember it right the bunch of skeletons that were lying around there and blood come from the ceiling and you know yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Trying to figure out what's going cool. on yeah, yeah so, yeah. so um, I thought that was really neat. do you have any do you have any tips for people that maybe aren't comfortable running Theater of the Mind but are yeah. are interested. Yeah, I think um, I think a lot of the time it, it feels like you're doing it wrong, right? You know, I must know whether I'm 30 feet away from this guy. I must know exactly how far I can cast a spell or exactly where I am in relation to other people. Um, it, um, it tends to be uh, the case where, you know, it's just a little bit, it feels like relaxing for me. Um, and it feels like I'm, I'm, I have to work more when I'm on grids and stuff like that. And, you know, and I really enjoy that way of doing things where it's just I can see something and I can try and convey to what the other people see. And we're all kind of making a game together. I, you know, there's I think there's a there's like a difference in some people's mind where it's like I'm now doing a role playing scene. I'm now doing a combat scene. And those are two very different things. I tend to try and like merge the two, you know, like they're sure. basically the same yeah. thing. They're storytelling, you know, uh, right. and I don't run combats if I'm not trying to tell some kind of story or in inject some kind of action or something like that. Right. Um, so yeah, think of it like that. Think of it, you know, like reading a novel. Um, how is action described in that? And that's way more interesting to me than I rolled a seventeen and I hit. You know, yeah. it's like you slash him with a greatsword. Now he's fucked up. You know, uh, <laughs> everyone's like, yeah, he is. You know, it's. Uh, yeah, I find it more interesting. You know, oh, I'm gonna charge up to that orc. Oh, sorry, you're five feet short. <laughs> yeah, it's like. Can't quite uh, reach him. Sorry. Yeah, and, and there's a lot more give and take in that play style. How far away am I? I don't know, about twenty feet. You know. Yeah. Whatever. So like. Right, what yeah, you yeah. Yeah. Near enough. How can you know? How right. do we make this happen? How's, especially for an audience as well. Like, you know, combat can really slow something down. 
um, you know, you can spend hours on combat when it's gridded. So when it's like, let's just do it, you know, we might get it done in 20, 30 minutes and the audience is still there afterwards and still engaged, you know, because it becomes quite unengaging when I'm clicking uh, on roll 20. Ah, 16. Ah, 15. You know, um, so it's a bit more, you know, obviously we're still rolling stuff like that, but, you know, we're not measuring out tapes on the, you know, the fucking <laughs> grids and stuff like that, you know, right. so, right. yeah. Hey, Alex, what else you got? The next question comes from chat from Accidental Legend, and they would like to know what audio-visual equipment do you currently use, Will? That's, that's and, Louise. And please include um, your green screen thing. I want to know about that. Oh, God, yeah, I don't actually know. Um, I will probably find out on, uh, on Amazon what my green screen is. I'm pretty sure I, I Googled green screen. <laughs> uh, and then I'm pretty sure I bought the first the first thing on the list. Like, oh, what is this requirement? Well, it needs to be green. It needs to be green, and it also needs to be a screen. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's a collapsible one. You can like fold it. I'll send you a link. Uh, but in terms of uh, microphone, it's an eighty twenty twenty microphone, uh, which currently does not work so well because it's actually I bought it in America whilst I was over with my girlfriend, and Where's I've got this problem? really. Yeah, I've got this really janky power adapter where I, like, I fit onto my, uh, you know, my, my power socket. Um, so it doesn't actually work as well as it could do. It doesn't sound as good as it could do because it's running through weird voltage. Um, but AC2020 sounds really good. Um, also, I use a Blue Yeti microphone for uh, podcasting and stuff like that, which uh, is great standard. Yeah, it's a fantastic mic. And the Snowball is good as well, actually. I think that's all the mi microphones I've owned. The webcam I own is the Logitech C920, um, which is pretty standard. You get about 60 bucks or so. Most most of the streamers that I know were like, get this one, everyone has it. And I was like, I want to be cool. So I got it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there, you know, there are like super you know fancy schmancy uh, webcams that you can get, but as long as it's 1080p or like 720p, you're probably good. But the, the, you know, audio is king with... Uh, uh, with Twitch and you know podcasting or anything, so as long as it sounds okay, I've got like a crappy little mic stand and pop filter, you know, nothing special. I, I um, you know, I recorded um, yes, <laughs> well, the basic I I recorded um with uh, what's his name, Tom Taylorson, who's the uh voice actor of Male Rider in Mass Effect mm. uh, Andromeda, which I, I guess I haven't played, uh, but um, <laughs> I've seen about I keep, it. I've I keep waiting. It. I keep waiting for all the patches to. Get finished, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I heard the news about it. Yeah, but um, he, I recorded him the other day. Um, yesterday, in fact, and his audio setup was like, "How do you sound like, like melting butter?" You know, <laughs> like I'm so jealous. You're in my head. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, it must be hundreds of dollars on it. But yeah, no, I I, I tend to buy a new microphone about once a year because they tend yeah. to die or uh, degrade, I guess. So um, so yeah, that's the that's the equipment I use. And then you know, I've got a computer which is stupidly expensive, which I broke uh, earlier this year and I had to rebuild. Uh, and I got a couple of monitors around and lights either side of me to uh, illuminate and chroma my green screen. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Alex, what else you got? Okay, question from Sarah Lowell in chat. Uh, why did you decide to start streaming? Did you see any other channels uh, that inspired you? No other channel has ever inspired me. No, <laughs> I am the only channel. Only my channel I, inspires me. I am the Alpha and the Omega. Uh, no, um, yeah, I was inspired by a couple of channels. Um, you know, I 
many folks would say Kuroko Roll. I actually, when I started, I wasn't actually aware that they were they were doing their thing. And then when I started watching, I was like, wow, this is fantastic. Uh, but I actually started, uh, God, I've forgotten his name because he's been out of the game for about a year and a half now. He was a Swedish or Norwegian chap who started. And I watched a couple of his shows and I thought they were really cool. Um, he sadly doesn't do it anymore. He hasn't done it for a long time. I think life got the better of him, really. Um, I think, he, I think he ended up having a couple of kids. Uh, he was a really nice guy. I could probably find him on my Skype uh, somewhere. But um, I, I went to watch this channel. I was like, wow, this is this is awesome. And it, I knew I already knew that I wanted to do it. I'd seen, um, like, It Me JP. I knew that it was like a thing, you know, the role play uh, and the West Marches and stuff like that. I knew it was a thing. But this guy particularly, uh, oh, my God, I can't even name my number one inspiration. <laughs> but he right. was a real nice guy. Really. <laughs> Um, Swede or Norwegian, something like that. Yeah, Swedish. <laughs> um, <laughs> the name will come to me like tonight, and I'll be like, "Damn it, oh, we'll have to do another yeah. show." You can remember. <laughs> Alex, yeah. what else you got? All right, I actually have a question from me, uh, and I would—I just want to know: Will, do you ever have time for any offline games, or do you pretty much only stream or only play D and D online? I play about once a year in a semi-regular uh, offline game with old friends that we started the channel with that are no longer kind of involved in the whole uh, the whole deal because of work and lives and stuff like that. So yeah, about once a year I get together and play a proper, usually about 12 to 14 hours long in real life wow. session with pizza and beers and stuff like that. Uh, it's technically not offline, but it's not on stream, but I stream a uh, podcast. Um, well, no, I record a podcast game. So that's kind of cheating because it's still online. Say, does it feel completely boring to you? Like, where, you know, where's oh, the hundreds weird. of people at the window that are watching? <laughs> yeah, it feels weird. It feels weird. It's like, um, I mean, I could say whatever I want. I could say whatever I want, and it will get edited <laughs> out. Yeah. No, I don't. I, you know, I didn't like it at first. I was like, this is weird. Like, I kept screwing up because I felt like I had to be more like professional because I wasn't doing it live or whatever. Uh, so I ended up kind of, yeah shoot myself in the foot there and um and and messing up more but no i actually really enjoy it now but yeah probably about once a year at best we're actually trying to organize a game with the same group of people doing it on roll 20 uh but our schedules are all so hectic that it's unlikely i think that we'll be able to do it uh, anytime soon but hopefully making it once every you know, twice every year basically an offline game <laughs> i do really enjoy them though yeah alex do we have any other questions yeah, we got uh, one more from at AlphaStream. Uh, All right. Do you think that this is a good enough? This is a good enough full-time job that it can be an extended career, covering health costs, mortgage, retirement, etc. God, I hope so. Uh, <laughs> is the, uh, the short answer? Uh, yes, I do. You know, and that's, that's based on the um, yeah friends I have working. Uh, you know, I, I'm not necessarily looking at it as being can you do D and D and do this because I think that's it's just more about platform. Can you be a full-time Twitch streamer and have all of these benefits and, uh, and everything else? And the answer is yes. You know, uh, you just have to be successful enough and work hard enough. You know, and um, in so it's a weird thing with Twitch. In terms of like the physical hours that you work, you're gonna put in a you're just gonna eat shit. You're gonna you're gonna put in thousands of hours and not earn a single bug. And then after that, you'll end up making a lot of money per hour in proportion to that. But when you add all the time up. You're still only making, after all that time that you've put in making no money, if you add it all together, you're still only making like an average salary, you know. So, um, I, you know, I've been doing this for a year, um, and uh, you know, I'm still alive, paying rent on 
on a house and uh and flying around and doing stuff so i think it's absolutely doable you know and um from what i've seen from other people i you know i talk to plenty of other streamers and stuff like that and people in the community it seems absolutely possible to uh to do this you know that being said, I'm fucking 20 years old, so I don't know all the costs involved in 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 life. You know, does it would it support the seven children that will inevitably be spawned from me um, <laughs> via Cthulhu? I'm not uh, sure they're going to get spawned from you, unless you have some different way of doing it than I know about. Well, they call me the seahorse for a reason. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so so I don't know, you know, all of these things that go into into uh, you know whatever you do, do not fucking quit your day job. I swear to God, I'll find you, um, uh, especially if you have you know a family to support or whatever. It nothing happens overnight. You need to put in at least a year's worth uh, of work in before you're going to see any kind of uh, real financial uh, return. And that's you know after a year of doing this, that was when I could do this as a job. And I don't have all of the expenses that you know a lot of people in real life have you know i'm not a real life person you know i'm a, I'm a guy uh so who knows um the plan is yes and uh <laughs> we'll see yeah and the world is continually changing and evolving right and we have to change right. and evolve with it i imagine yeah you know i don't i mean not not having done any of these sorts of things full time i imagine that you know it's it's got to be a little bit scary to kind of grab onto this one and hope you don't miss whatever the next thing is right mm -hmm. yeah. and and, and yeah. a lot of times like you know new things happen that doesn't mean old things die you know youtube's been around a long time blogs have been around a long time there's still you know i can exactly. i can attest to the fact that people still come and read blogs even though there's youtube exactly. and everything else so it's not like the old stuff dies off in support of the new i don't think yeah it's, yeah it's, it's true um but yeah, I think, you know, it's an exciting space to be in. It's, you know, as, you know, your recent uh, Twitter analysis would suggest, it's continuing to grow. And I can yep. testify yep. the fact that, you know, Twitch is continuing to expand at an incredible rate, as well as the D&D community in Twitch. More and more people popping up and uh, and doing their thing. So, you know, uh, and, you know, the advice would be to start now. And uh, the sooner you start, the sooner you'll be where you want to be. So, mm -hmm. um how much so so um, you know and, and don't take my question at all I'll take anything away from all of the, the the work that mm. you've done how much does luck play a factor in the success of a of, of twitch like you know all those other factors that you mentioned you know, you know spending a lot of time online engaging with your audience yeah you yeah. know obviously being a, a good strong charismatic you know person to, to be on uh how much how much on top of that is okay and then you know then we have to roll the dice yeah yeah I mean that's, that's a good question I mean I don't think there's any one uh, you know, this will 100% guarantee that you will be successful on Twitch, you will have a job, whatever, because I see, you know, fantastic people who work really hard, who aren't at the place that they want to be after, you know, time invested. So I think luck has to be a factor, you know, I think I was lucky to be in on this on, you know, one of the first ground floors of us doing this, um, of Twitch being a space to create Dungeons & Dragons live streams. Um, so that, you know, that was lucky in a sense, um, you know, very lucky to have such a great cast, you know, that, yeah, that does have a certain element of luck, you know, having people in on the ground floor who start this with you who are fantastic. Um, so you can you can cherry pick and, and you can you can work on it. There's always going to be a luck factor, you know. I've got friends of mine who explode overnight because you know a huge channel has just gone and shown everyone their work, you know, and that's fantastic. And you know, I've had the same where where folks will you know come into my channel like, wow, I can't believe I got raided by this huge streamer. You know, that's been a great overnight bonus. That was lucky. You know, there's always going to be that element. But you know, the the 
that all comes after you put in the work. You know? Yeah, right. Um, you, and you, you, you no can't expect to... the dice alone are going to get you there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. The um, like, the, I guess if it were a percentage, the percentage would go up and up and up. Like you're going to get lucky the more right. you do it, right? right. Um, so you know, I did this for you know a long time. I was like, oh my god, I got Matthew Mercer going on my show. That was really lucky, you know. But in reality, it would never have happened if I hadn't started streaming or if I hadn't been working hard every day. So occasionally, you see these really big spikes in like rewards, uh, you know, quote unquote rewards, or you know, like uh, goals that you've been trying to achieve. Um, but they don't happen overnight, even though it seems like they do. It really happened over the past year that I was doing all this stuff, and then that happened, you know. So yeah. Luck's always a factor, though. Sure. Yeah. So, so I have one last question for you, um, and and then we'll uh, and then we'll call it a night. Yeah. You know, young fella, but you've been you've been playing for ten years, so you've been playing yeah. for a good long time. But for for people that have been playing for for many decades who don't play as much as you do, right? Mm. But are kind of playing the regular game. What advice do you have for kind of the old time DMs? Uh, hurry up and die. Uh, we will rule the world when you're done. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, a bit. No, uh, a you. Bit. Uh, <laughs> what? We're not invading your Twitch channels. We can't even get our internet browser. To <laughs> How do I get on this Twitch? No, um, no. Uh, open mind. You know, open mindedness. Um, you know, the one. You know, it's funny. Uh, it's funny you say that. The only like truly negative people that I've ever encountered, or the truly negative like trolls on the internet, you, know, you, you get you know little shit as I come in there, the thirteen year olds, and they're like, ah, dick shit, spamming the internet. The people who have actually like sought me out on the internet, you know, gone after me on different accounts, emailed me, hey, you know, uh, left comments of like absolute abuse, you know, these. How do you have the time to do this? They've all been um, people who are of an older generation who feel like I'm. I feel like the feeling must come from that I'm destroying what was theirs or, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, oh, this new kid coming along and, you know, now it's different, blah, blah, blah. But the only people I've ever encountered who are like truly been quite horrible to me have been um, people of a, an older generation uh, who don't like what I'm doing. Maybe that I'm younger, maybe that I'm doing things differently from how they think they should be done and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, that was an interesting takeaway. I, I never thought about that, that that would be the case. I always thought going to Twitch that it would be, you know, young kids, um, you know, people from 13 to 25 who would like actually be quite hateful or like trolls on the internet and stuff like that. It was interesting to see, you know, I was like, I've had three really bad, like horrible people and all of them have been really like old guard defensive um, and, and publicly very, it's totally the hair and that makes sense. Um, yeah, publicly, um, publicly like anti, um, you know, new wave, you know, anti, Huh. Whatever it is they think is it, I stand is it, for. Is it the style of game that you're playing, or is it, it the whole Twitch thing in general? It might be, you know, it might be Twitch. It might be just the fact that you know I'm uh, younger, and they feel like the game has been taken away. You know, that kind of grognard, like only I like this game, you know, and it can't be done any other way. That was the kind of place that I felt that emotion was coming from from them you know i try and understand what exactly you know i've done against these people you know what have i done to hurt their feelings you know but all of the complaints or you know the the things that they were hating on were um of that nature you know like you are playing it wrong you are doing this wrong this is how it is done you don't understand uh you don't have any respect for this you know those sorts of comments that you're coming from it's like all right, man. You know, um, and so what? I, uh, you know, I really you know, fuck off, man. Is that your is um, that your auto reply to that? All right, man. Yeah, fuck thanks you. For the, thanks for the feedback.
Yeah, well, you know, when when you know, I try, I do try and listen to people, and you know, when people have uh, critical feedback. It's important to listen to, to to folks, but when it's like of such vitriol and hate, it's like there's always nothing you can do. You know, it's like, well, I guess I just click block. You know, <laughs> like because I can't respond to you in any other way that's not going to re- receive just absolute hate back ask- response. It's, it's got to come a little bit from the you're not playing it the way that I ran it and you're successful at it. And that's really right. Dramatic. That might be that might be, right, a thing, like, you know, not to toot my own trumpet, but, you know, I've had success doing this. Sure. Um, that might be something that people, you know, dislike. Um, but yeah, uh, so what I'd say to folks in an old the generation, is, like the model is so alien to them that they don't feel like you deserve it, even though obviously. Yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah, riding on the coattails of, of what they laid down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, but what I'd say to older generation players, they're coming back to the hobby or have been a part of it and understanding or learning about listening to Twitch thing, it's just come with an open mind, you know? Um, whether you're, you've, I haven't played since second edition and I'm going back to fifth, you know? Um, you know come with an open mind. Things aren't going to be as exactly as you remember them. You know, that's the nature of memory and nostalgia. Um, things change, things have to change and change is good, you know? Uh, there's a feeling that uh, with with some people, and I'm sure it's a very small minority of vocal uh, people, uh, that they they dislike um, that more people are getting in. You know, um, oh these MMO gamers coming to play our D and D game. You know, um, that isn't helpful to anyone. You know, uh, it's good that people are playing the game. You know, it's not your game to to hoard yeah, right, and just play right. in a room. You know, it's fantastic. I, I love seeing groups of different people play. So just have an open mind. You know, everyone deserves to play the game. Everyone deserves to have as much fun as you have had fun uh, playing the game. Um, right. So yeah, you know, and and it's not to say that you know all the old people are horrible. You know, there are you know, <laughs> fantastic members. You know, ninety nine point nine percent of people will like, come to me and are like, I haven't played since second edition. I want to learn how to play fifth. I want to learn how to do it nowadays. You know, and they're like excited by how the changes have come along. You know, well back in my day we used to do this, but this is fun as well. You know. Um, that's the kind of attitude that I appreciate and and that, you know, but, you know, if you do feel that way, if you do feel like you've been, you know, you've been thrust out by the youth or whatever, and now it's only young hit people that can play, you know, it's it's not the case, <laughs> you know, it's not the case. And well, um, yeah, there's no limit, right? It's not like right, you stole yeah. my players. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah. right? like, it's like, <laughs> you found yourself alone in your basement without anybody to play D&D with. It ain't because, you know, cause yeah, exactly. I'm stealing them. Yeah. They're all sitting there watching. Yeah, as much as I respect the way, you know, and, and you know, younger generations of players respect the way they used to play, then, you know, they deserve the same respect as, as um, they give you. And the generation, you know, the, the like, the, the edition wars are over, you know. Yeah, right. It's done. You know, yeah. uh, we, we went there. It's good now, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah that, that, you know, really, that's that's a really interesting insight. And and um, one of the things I uh, I think I mentioned this to you again on Sunday too that mm-hmm. I that I had a chance to write uh, in Kobold Press's uh, guides to game mastering, and the specific topic was on advice to old you know old school DMs or you know experienced DMs, advice for experienced DMs, and. You were the example that I had in mind the whole time right. I was writing that because I was like, we now have way more access to watch people play D and D in so many different styles yeah. than we ever have, you know, and yeah. in, in our lives. And yeah, you know, for new players, it's great because you're like, you know, I have a I have a fellow who's going to be joining our game, and he he's he was he played one game of D and D so far, and it was at our place on on um, on Saturday. And I, I, I was like, if you, you know, you don't have to, you can just come and play. But if you want to see what it looks like, yeah. here's a couple of videos to watch. 
you know, right. and and that's you know, if you just don't get what D and D looks like, you can get that. But yeah, for the experience yeah. games too, it's like whatever way you've been playing for the last thirty years, that's great. And if you like it, that's yeah. great. Players, that's great. But you might want to try some other things out, you know, yeah. and you might want to see how some other people are doing things. And and I think like when when I want people to see what theater of the mind is like, and I'm I'm kind of a new, you know, after buying a thousand maps and and <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah 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 yeah. A living room full of Dwarven Forge, you know, I'm starting to do more and more theater of the mind because of the flexibility, not just in, you know, mapping and yeah. stuff, but in the story and, you know, finding examples where what theater of the mind looks like online. You could say, well, go watch, you know, go watch this game that Chris Perkins did, you know, that's right, online. right. Because he does it with theater of the mind. He doesn't use a grid at all. And, and yeah. it's you know, worth seeing and, and, and your, your games. So, yeah, yeah. So, like the idea that people would be against that, and I and I have to imagine that where it's coming from is is, you know, this 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 like you know this feeling of, it would probably a feeling of missing the boat, you know, right? Like, like yeah. I, you know, I don't I, I don't exactly feel that way myself. I feel a little bit that way, right? Like because I'm right. not. I, I think it's safe to say at this stage of my life, I'm not going to be a professional full time Twitch right. DD. Uh, but I'm fascinated by it rather than threatened, right? Right, like, right, right. Yeah, there's a. I can talk to you for another hour about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I, I could, exactly. I would, I would love to talk more about it because it's this whole other world that I, mm -hmm. I don't experience and I don't see, and and in some ways don't understand. I think there's probably a lot of people yeah. who don't understand. When I guess like I when I was talking to my 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 you know my coworkers and they're like, "What the hell is Twitch?" And I remember telling people like back when it happened, I'm like, "Wow, Amazon just spent four billion dollars buying a company." So that mm -hmm. people could watch people play video games and like, yeah. what the hell are you talking about, right? And <laughs> yeah. Like well, now I say, I, I know a guy whose full time job is playing D and D online. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That'd be bad. That's awesome, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. I I, I want to thank you very much for coming on nice. the show. Uh, it's been a great pleasure talking to you. I love the conversation we had on Sunday, and and I love this conversation. Uh, I wish you all the best. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna watch you all the time. And, <laughs> Thanks. Uh, you're you're a real you're a real hero of mine, you know. For somebody that's been able to take a an entirely different angle that no one would ever have seen and, and really run with it is just absolutely fascinating. So thanks, man. So thank you, appreciate it. And and Alex, thank you very much for for guarding over our show as you always do and for putting you, everything Alex. together. Uh, I really appreciate it. And to, and to all of you that have been watching and to all of you that are watching on YouTube and all of you listening on the podcast when it comes out, thank you all as well. <laughs>